listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. Welcome to our episode of The 30 Podcast, brought to you by Silverscreen and Roll.com, where we have you covered for everything Lakers-related, from opinions to analysis. Harris and Anthony Christian, the rest of the crew, got you covered. Don't forget as well, subscribe to our podcast network. You were on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your fix, we are there. Some good episodes from the past few days as well. Jordan and Alex broke down who's to blame for the Lakers' struggles, while Anthony and Pete looked into Brandon Ingram's success over the last little while. And check us out on Twitter as well, at LakersSBN. You can follow me at JazzKang21. Recording this on a Thursday night, Lakers beat their future teammate, Anthony Davis' squad, the New Orleans Pelicans, yesterday. Uh, made up some ground since the Kings and Clippers both lost. Lakers now sitting in 10th in the West, only a game behind Sacramento, three back of the Clips for that final eighth playoff spot in the West. Joining me to break it all down today, a regular on this podcast, he writes for the site as well and is an advanced stat guru, Alex Regula. Alex, is it okay if I call you a stat guru? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can call me that, but I don't know if I agree with it, but you can call me it. Well, we're trying to pump you up a little bit for the listeners, <laughs> so we'll, we'll take it for now, Appreciate right? It. Maybe we'll edit it out. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> well, last night it all kind of uh, came to uh, a head when LeBron hit that crazy one-legged dagger from three. Uh, that was awesome to see. I think the Lakers were fortunate. Alvin Gentry, though, only ended up playing Anthony Davis 21 minutes. The Beast had 22 points in that time. But, hey, thanks for that, Alvin. Uh, you see the look that Davis had, though, on his face after LeBron hit that three. And he went out uh, to kind of th- you know congratulate him after the game and said hello, gave him a smile and a handshake, according to reports. You think he's going to find a way here eventually, right? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I, don't, I don't know if New Orleans is going to want to deal with L.A., but I, that whole thing was just hilarious. Like, it was perfectly timed from the cameraman to zoom over to AD's face, and his expression was just, it was just golden. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to end up here or not. And uh, lately, the young guys have really picked it up, so I'm not sure how willing the Lakers will be to give those guys up now. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at what Ingram and Kuz has done, and and you know even with Lonzo, like you, you know, people were were ragging on him a lot in the beginning of the season. We're really ragging on on Ingram and and Lonzo, uh, both together. But the problem is, you, we've seen how much the Lakers are hurt when when uh, when Lonzo's not around, and and that defensive rating. I mean, I think it's gone down almost uh, gone up. Pardon me, almost ten, uh, basically ten points worth per hundred possessions. Uh, what what do you see the the hardest time the Lakers have had adjusting to playing without Lonzo? I, I think Lonzo is just a really good team defender in the in a sense that he can kind of make up for other people's mistakes. So even though uh, individually he can maybe get blown by like other guys, but he he can get in passing lanes. He he knows when to rotate over. Uh, he the biggest thing I think they've missed is his defensive rebounding. So when the Lakers, you know, when they force a stop, he can crash down with the bigs and help out in that sense. Especially with the Lakers going small lately, I think Lonzo is it's really built for for that type of uh that type of style so with his positional size he can you know he guards well he positionally you can guard in the post he can rotate like i said he good instincts defensively and they just miss them all over the floor but defensively especially like you mentioned their defensive rating has been really bad lately i think last time i checked they were 29th or 30th in defensive rating in the last like 10 15 games 
Yeah, you mentioned going going small. Uh, Luke Walton did make a change to the starting lineup uh, in that game against the Pelicans I mentioned. Ended up going with LeBron, Kuz, Ingram, Reggie Bullock, and, and uh, Rajon Rondo. Ultimately led to a win, but do you think that's something permanent he, he's going to try and look at going forward? Because I had this issue with, with Luke Walton at times where he usually tries to match up too much with the other team. You know what I mean? Like rather than looking to try and make the other team figure out how to guard the Lakers, like an example of that was against Memphis on Monday. <laughs> he ended up rolling with with uh, JaVale and Tyson Chandler against Valanchunas. And, of course, Joakim Noah looked like he was back in his glory days with the Bulls. But uh, should, should he have maybe tried this earlier? Because I, I find that with Luke, it's like stop trying to guard the other team's strength and, and make them try and get to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, we saw that earlier with the Minnesota game as well when they started uh, Zubats and uh, McGee together in the same front court. And which is usually it's really unusual in this uh, modern uh, era of basketball to see two seven footers in the front court. But uh, yeah, I agree. I, 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 I've always been a proponent of, you know, make the other team adjust to you and not go out of your way to adjust to them. And I think last night it worked because Anthony Davis was on a minutes restriction and and we kind of saw what happened. Like Randall, you know, tore us up in the post. But um uh, it'll be interesting to see if he continues this because uh, they're going to have us face some, a really big Milwaukee team uh, tomorrow uh, with Brooke and Giannis and Middleton. And they're really big and long. And I'd be curious to see if Luke sticks with it since it, it worked. They got him a win. And he usually sticks with the starting lineups for at least a few games before he makes a change. But yeah, I agree. I, I, I would try to stick with your game and, and try to make the other team adjust to you uh, instead of going out of your way and putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, the Bucks are sitting at 47-4, and four team, uh, top record in, in the NBA. I don't know why. I'm just one of those those guys who believes, like, I don't, I don't know if you would remember or not, but when they had Ray Allen, the big dog, and, and Sam Cassell, <laughs> and they got to the 2000 and, uh, 2001 <laughs> conference final, lost in seven to Philly. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not one of those guys with conspiracy theorist who thinks that the NBA is out to screw small market teams. I just don't see a team like Milwaukee getting there, but we'll wait to we'll wait to the playoffs uh, to you know kind of decide that. But you know, you're mentioning matching up with uh, with the Bucks. When you look at how they play, what do the Lakers have to do in, in order to to beat them and, and get a dub tomorrow night? Because every game from now on, I know it's a cliche, but everyone's a pretty much uh, a must win at this point. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. <laughs> I think uh, especially Brooke Lopez has got to be someone they. They pay a lot of attention to um, if they decide to uh, go back with McGee in the starting lineup. McGee's got to stay attached. Like we've seen already plenty of times that he struggles against stretch bigs, and uh, especially in drop coverage, he usually doesn't you know close out hard up there, and he can gets exp- he can get exploited in that sense. The Lakers defense has been exploited with a lot of stretch bigs this season, and uh, Brook has shown, and they they know Brook well since playing last year here, and especially this year, it's been unbelievable with Milwaukee. Uh, Giannis, obviously, is someone they got to try to make sure he doesn't score 50 on them and just try to keep everyone else in check. But if they go small, it's going to be a lot of pressure on LeBron uh, and Kuz to make sure Giannis and Brooker in check. Uh, it's it's going to be really hard. <laughs> like I, uh, I'm not going to say they're going to lose or I'm not going to make a prediction that they're going to lose, but it's going to be a really tough game. Who do you start? Who do you start on uh, Giannis, though? Because I mean, as we've seen, LeBron is putting in about four percent effort on defense throughout <laughs> most of the game. So I probably wouldn't roll with him at this point. Uh, who who would you suggest is the best matchup uh, for Walton to go with on on the Greek Freak? I, I'm guessing either Ingram or Kuz at this point. I mean, I, LeBron, I would stick on Brook and let him just float around and stay on his hip. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, 
Kuzma's got the good size, and but he's not as good defensively as Ingram, and Ingram's just probably too frail to guard Giannis. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that is true. He is a little bit uh, well, way smaller when it comes to the department than, uh, than Giannis. Look like a before and after picture with uh, Ingram and Giannis on the floor together. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a defense fight committee tomorrow with Giannis. It's the whole team's got to crash down when he drives and. Lately, he's been hitting his threes also, which is just like the scariest thing in the world. So, uh, yeah, everyone's just got to crash down and, and make sure to keep him in check. And he does a really good job in driving and kicking to the corners and finding guys for three. So Milwaukee's just got a really good offensive system that the Lakers have to be ready for. You mentioned we talk about Ingram on the defensive end and, and potentially maybe putting him on on Giannis in that game uh, Friday night against against the Bucks. But uh, you're looking at his offensive game now. I'll admit I, I was hard on him early in the season. I just didn't see much from him in terms of fitting in with LeBron. Not to say that he couldn't reach his potential and be an All Star one day, uh, but I just found it was a, it was a bit of a clunky fit when he was he was playing next to uh, the King. You know what I mean? Just in terms of handling the ball, and you're seeing that now. He's dropping 22 a game over over his last 15. Uh, noticing his shot selection as well, way better now. Like he's not settling as much for those contested mid-range jumpers. Uh, getting to the hoop a lot more. I saw your tweet uh, yesterday. You know, you were talking about uh, him. It, you kind of showed a shot chart, basically, of how he was scoring his hoops. Wh- what do you think that the biggest improvement for him has been, and and why do you think he's kind of ma- taken a leap, especially in the offensive end? Yeah, like you said, I I think he's playing less on ball where he's not running as much primary pick and roll stuff and he's letting LeBron and Rondo facilitate that offense and what he's doing a really good job lately is moving without the ball like we saw early in the season he would kind of get stuck in a corner and when LeBron had the ball and he didn't really react to, to drives well and now we're seeing him you know back cut guys really good instincts here on like dropping to the middle and coming to the paint and He's getting easy layups out of it. Like uh, I posted earlier today, his uh, shot uh, selection last night and all his makes last night were either layups, dunks, or around the rim. There was no mid-range uh, makes last night at that's all. It's a high percentage shooting. Uh, yeah, high percentage for sure. Choices there. Yeah, take the yeah. Take those. So that's what I was yelling about too. Like dur- during the beginning of the season, I'm like, why is this dude settling for what is statistically the worst shot in <laughs> basketball, which is a mid-range, you know, or long, long-range two-pointer? And and he was just settling way too much. And now you're seeing him be aggressive. You're seeing him kind of take it down and throw down some nasty drunks. Uh, pardon me, dunks, uh, drunks possibly as well. We don't know. It's not, uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens on Friday night. But um, you know, the way he's getting to the hoop and and able to even get to the foul line, it's it's night and day difference with how aggressive he's being and and trying to attack the rim. Yeah, that's the thing. That's you just hit on it. Like with his aggression, he's getting to the line a lot now. Like he was already getting to the line a lot earlier in the season, but now it's just gotten, uh, you know, magnified because of these these drives to the paint, and he flails his long arms, and he creates that contact because he's so long and he's so big. And uh, you know, an additional benefit of that is when you go to the line so much, you get set up your defense on the other side of the floor and. I think Ingram is just kind of showing his potential as an off-ball cutter in this last 10 games, and he's doing a really good job on it. Like, I, I put, you know, I tweeted something out earlier about his synergy data, and his best play type is uh, cuts. Like, his most points per possession this year is on cuts, not uh, pick-and-roll ball and handler, not spotting up, obviously, not anything else. But he's a really good cutter when he gets the chance. He just has it done it this season for whatever reason but we're seeing it now and it's really paying off especially with LeBron like in the post you know with uh he can just cut middle and all that gravity LeBron creates and Ingram's just being the beneficiary of that of late 
Another guy I wanted to talk about with you, a young guy, Kyle Kuzma, you know, 24 years old, uh, starting to look like a little bit more of the early season Kuz, uh, especially last maybe four or five games. He, he didn't, I don't want to say he was struggling, but he wasn't as noticeable for a stretch there, especially with uh, without LeBron. A couple of big-time dunks uh, in that win against the Pelicans, too. Uh, you tweeted out a chart as well, and if you, get, if you guys don't follow Alex on Twitter, he's at AlexMRegula, that's R-E-G-L-A, but uh, you did tweet out a chart about his three-point shooting. What is the data showing with that? Yeah, uh, so he's taken like a noticeable dip this year. Uh, he's at about, last time I checked, he was at 31.7% from three, and last season he was around 37-ish. So that's a pretty big dip there. And uh, I think the, the most concerning thing is that he's, most of his threes he's getting this year are either open or wide open. So the fact that he's taken about a 6 or 7% dip in his percentages while also getting easier attempts, like playing off LeBron, like I think about 80, 85% of his threes this year are either open or wide open. So he should be shooting around. You would like to see that around 37 38% given those attempts, and he's shooting around 33, 31 on those looks. So I, I, it could just be, a, it's been a season-long cold stretch for him, and he has his flashes where he can drop. <laughs> that's know, a he, pretty long cold, cold, cold I, stretch. I, I, yeah, and that's <laughs> something I kept reminding people. Like, it, it, like it, you see the shots he's getting, you would think like he's going to snap out of it, based just by the quality of looks, but he just hasn't. And I hope, you know, this season's kind of just a, uh, I hope last season wasn't a fluke and hope this season's the fluke, but uh, that he kind of gets around at least league average on these looks because he's taking the most threes per game on the team and they really need him to start converting these. Yeah, he's he's been... Uh... He has that mentality of like, and I do see it in, in Kuz that, you know what, one day he's going to be an all-star in this league. I mean, he won the the uh, the, the MVP of the uh, rookie game and, and the Young Stars Classic, pardon me, but uh, he, he kind of has that about him. You know what I mean? That he almost wants to be great. And, and you know, it's easy to say all those guys want to. It's like, no, some of the guys are happy to be there and, and collecting a paycheck. Some of the guys just feel like they, they you know, they just want to maintain their status. But for me, like when I watch Kuz, he has that killer instinct. Now, he might not... Uh, necessarily have the ability to one day be an MVP of the league. I, I don't think that'll, you know, that that might be a stretch. But what do you see in him? Like, and, and as you've watched him kind of grow and develop as a Laker, what do you see in him that that maybe separates him from a lot of other guys who were picked late in the first round? Yeah, uh, I, I think offensively he's just really gifted. Like, even if his three point shots not falling, he just finds so many other ways to get points on the bucket without needing the ball in his hands. Like, that's the biggest. Uh, compliment I could give Kuzma and and a young players. They don't need the ball in their hands to be effective. Like he's cutting. You see how much he's cuts off LeBron and how uh, you know smooth he is in that sense. He has a really good floater. He can finish around the rim with like a hundred different ways. And he's just really good in finding his spots on the floor and reading off his teammates and putting himself in position to score. And I think when you're trying to build a team with multiple high usage guys you want those players who could be low usage but still be effective and put themselves in positions to score and I think uh, the last few games he's done a better job passing and he's done a better job rebounding and at least giving effort on the defensive end which is all you can really ask for at this stage I, I think his upside's still really high just on the fact that he in like a Tobias Harris type role where he doesn't need the ball or he doesn't really need all this usage time to, to be effective. He can cut, he can spot up, he can finish in transition, he can make the occasional pass. And I think those guys are really, really useful.
Yeah, they're starting to come together nicely with, with Kuz, Ingram, and LeBron, especially on the offensive end. We've talked about the, the three young guys. We've obviously touched on LeBron James. We haven't touched on the bench, which has been a sore spot for the Lakers. Uh, we'll get into that right after this quick break. And we're back. So we were talking about uh, before the break, there. I wanted to get in, into the bench play. Since the All-Star break, let's be real, the second unit has been awful. I mean, that loss in, in Memphis, it combined for seven points total. <laughs> they, were, they were on the court for an hour and ten minutes combined and had seven points. I think they were outscored uh, by Ian Clark and, uh, and <laughs> whatever. I, I forgot the other guy's name. Uh, but they were outscored 35 to like, uh, you know, seven or something like that. It, or 35-24 by those two in the Pelicans game. Um, hasn't been a good look for him. Now, you, you look at the roster composition. Uh, Magic and, and Rob Polenka. I, I don't think they get enough blame for how they built the roster. And I think that is one thing that is going to have to be addressed. Is there, is there selection in, in personnel? And you're looking at this team, um, you know, a lot of people saying, fire Luke Walton, his rotation suck. It's like, dude, who else is he supposed to play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think there's just a lot of, uh, like, there's not a lot of diversity on that bench. Like everyone's very similar. Like uh, you have Lance, you have Rondo, you have KCP, and they're very inconsistent. I mean, Rondo just got moved into starting lineup, but when he was on the bench, yeah, uh, those guys were really inconsistent. You, you had no idea what you're going to get from them on night to night basis, especially on the, at least on the energy on level. You know, even if they're not efficient, you can at least kind of bring it on on some on in some way. But I think the team is just. Uh, there, there's not, like I said, not a lot of diversity. There wasn't shooters signed, obviously, and and we kind of see how one shooter in Reggie Bullock is making a big impact. And you kind of, it kind of makes you scratch your head and thinking, well, what were they thinking? Especially if just one guy like Bullock looks so good. Imagine three or four, just either spot up shooters or defenders or energy guys instead of the guys they signed. And I think the Lakers are kind of learning their lesson the hard way. And Magic and Blinken might have to kind of readdress the roster they want to build next summer around LeBron. But uh, I, I think they just, they've really missed Josh Hart's energy. And I, I know he's been hurt and they, they haven't had anyone specifically step up or be reliable off the bench all year. Like you look around the league, guys like the Clippers have two really good bench guys. Uh, every team seems to have a really good bench, at least one bench energy guy. And the Lakers really don't have anyone. When you were talking about a lack of diversity, I pictured myself walking into a bar one night in Idaho, which I did after a basketball game. That was, was a severe lack of uh, lack of diversity. But uh, you know, you're right. You know, you look at Josh Hart. You know, he had the knee problems and stuff. He he hasn't been the same, and I think that's been something that is hurting the Lakers. Um, you know, especially over the last you know 20, 25 games where they have struggled. He he. Don't get me wrong. He's not a scorer. He's not going to come in and and drop twenty five every night like a Lou Williams, you know, or, or put up twenty. But he comes in and he has the ability to score 12, 14 points, and he plays hard nosed defense. I think that's hurt them. Uh, obviously, not having Lonzo hurts your depth too. But you know, everybody's talking about this grand scheme and grand plan that they're going to get a second big time free agent a lot of the rumblings now is that none of those guys are or the lakers aren't at any of those guys like the top of the list um you've heard some whispers about Kyrie, uh Kawhi leonard more linked to, to the clippers i almost think that this will be a huge test if if those guys don't agree to come like do do magic and planka toss away the the cap space on a, on a kemba walker um or, or do they hang on to it like they did this year and, and just take guys on one-year flyers like they did with beasley like they've done with lance like they did with rondo and just say, all right, we're going to have to buy one more year to, to hopefully sign Anthony Davis at that point. Because, you know, LeBron's going to be 35 next year. And, and you know what? This is the first time he missed an extended period with that uh, the groin injury. I don't know if you could just rely on that going forward. So I don't think there's a quick fix for this. No, I agree. Like, I'm, I don't blame those guys for not wanting to come here. Like, 
you see all the drama around LA this year and just gear one in LeBron and imagine if he doesn't make the playoffs and a whole summer of knowing he didn't make the playoffs and that extra pressure for the front office to, to make the playoffs next year. I'm not sure who would want to join that kind of that chemistry in the locker room and that uncertainty in the locker room. Like this will be another, I'm assuming another summer of a, a totally different roster. Again, there's just been no consistency on the roster year to year. We get turnover after every summer, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they strike out. They try to make a trade or trade some of those young guys. And uh, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little, you know, I, I see what happens with D'Angelo, and I see what happened with Julius, and I, I'm a little nervous about if you trade those, keep trading those young guys, they're going to come back to bite you eventually. I agree. I think that's that's something that they they should have been. I mean, the D'Angelo Russell thing was was different because of the whole thing with with Nick Young, and and you know that's it might not be a good thing you want to keep. On your team, but I discussed this a little bit last week on the pod too. Like for me, Magic Johnson, you can't look at it through your eyes and and expect the young guys to be what you think is is a good or great NBA player. Like this isn't the '80s anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, guys have different lives. Guy, people are more sensitive to things, and I think he's looking at it like it's too much of uh, no. I'm not. I'm not rolling on him in terms of he's been mega successful, you know what I mean, in everything he's done. But I'm saying when he's looking at running the team, like you have to have a little bit of patience too. And, you know, you have these guys like Ingram. Well, look what he's showing over the last month or so. Uh, look what Lonzo Ball, I mean, just before his injury there in Houston, he was playing He was playing really, really well. And, and they were kind of stepping up. And you, you're starting to see these guys. They're like, all right, maybe they're starting to get it. And and I think that trade deadline drama did, did do a number on them. And, you know, we touched on LeBron too. Uh, LeBron's great to me. He's still the best player in the NBA. The guy is unstoppable. He's like a, a cannonball when he's when he's coming down the lane. Yeah, uh, he can pretty much well have his way on offenses. His three ball has been excellent this year, better than it's ever been in his career. But as a teammate, I, I think he's almost hurting the development of these guys. Like you can't just. This was a different scenario. You're not coming in here in a situation like you were in Miami where like, yeah, I got uh, Chris Bosh, yeah, I got Dwayne Wade, or going back to Cleveland and then having uh, the, the comfort of a Ky- Kyrie Irving and a, and a Kevin Love. You know, you came in here knowing, and he said it uh, on the record that he knew what he was getting himself into, but at times you don't act like that. I think we see that time and time again where he's kind of been quick to give some, you know, questionable quotes after games and kind of making a little small jabs towards the young guys not being ready every night. And it comes to a point where he also has to set an example on the floor where defensively we've seen his lapses here and there where he kind of plays lackadaisical effort. And, you know, that's kind of the norm with LeBron. But you can't really call guys out on a consistent basis when you guys have film room sessions and you guys, they, they can see what's going on on the floor and not the effort he's giving. So it does he doesn't have that reliable you know, second, third guy that he's had in his career. But like you said, he knows he knew what he signed up for. And like the young guys have really shown promise the last few games. And I think he's last night was kind of the first time we saw kind of some enthusiasm between everyone on the bench and on the floor. And I think he has to be the person who kind of instills that and make sure to pump those guys up when they're doing well and also give that effort on the floor to kind of lead by example. I bet a little bit, uh, I don't know if you saw that where he was on that uh, ESPN show, you know, his, his, um, his, it's basically his show where he, uh, more than an athlete and he's talking about with his homies that, um, you know, he felt that because he led the Cavs coming back from three, one to beat the Warriors, that that cemented him as the greatest. And, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. It's like, you should have that confidence in yourself, especially if you're at a level that LeBron James is, but at the same time, 
to me, it's almost like, what's your motivation at this point then? And, you know, he's talked about accomplishing everything he felt like he, he needed to accomplish in this league. And uh, to, to me, it's almost like, because with, with Jordan, it was like, he, he now it makes sense why he was so happy to get that six, because it, it put him above magic. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and for LeBron, it's like, if you're already convinced that you're the greatest at something, what, what's your next motivation? That's a good point. Like, I'm, I'm not sure if he, he, I mean, you can't really, I can't, you know, I can't speak if he has that, you know, that fire still in him just to, to make the playoffs after all he's accomplished in his career. But yeah, I mean, on the, you can see it sometimes on the floor where you're kind of waiting for him to kind of hit that next gear and he just hasn't. If either for injury, he's still not 100%, or like you said, like maybe he doesn't have that extra motivation he's had in these past years. If it was to come back and actually beat the Warriors, if it was to, to bring a championship to Cleveland, to win the first one in Miami. Like, he doesn't really have to prove anything anymore. And I think for an athlete, there's always something you need to, you need that extra motivation to, especially in this, you know, how many years later in his career that he needs something to kind of boost him up and make sure that he has something left to play for. And I think last night we saw like a first kind of glimpse of him kind of, you know, giving a damn for almost 48 minutes and, uh, hopefully the next 23 games we see more of that and he kind of leads them to the playoffs and kind of rejuvenates his uh, his passion for the game. Uh, yeah, otherwise they're going to be they're going to be in trouble and and we're looking at you know you look at the the rest of their schedule they play Phoenix on Saturday home for a massive game against against the Clippers on on yeah. Monday and then I mean you look at the rest of their schedule 15 of the last 21 against teams that are currently sitting in the playoff spots I, I do think that's a little bit of a misleading thing though because they do play Charlotte the Pistons and the Nets who aren't great by any means in the east you know they're the six seven eight seeds uh, when you look at this team right now they're, they're sitting at 30 and 31 what do you predict they finish your season as oh um putting you on the spot baby that's it right? that's really uh I say f- 40, like 40, 44 wins. 44 wins. I don't think that's going to be good enough to get them yeah, in. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. I'm not sure if that's going to be enough. Uh, they're going to take a, they're going to need a collapse from either the Spurs or, I, don't, I think we have to stop thinking about the Clippers as being the one they have to catch. I, I don't, I don't know if, uh, unless they sweep the last couple games against the Clippers, but the Clippers are kind of almost gearing up towards the sixth seed at this point. Whereas the Spurs and Kings are kind of are, are falling a little bit, and they have to watch their backs with Minnesota right behind them as well. They have to. They, there's a few teams kind of in that mix that they have to, you know, make sure they're watching the the standings, the scoreboards every night. But at the end, they just got to take care of their own business and kind of just hope for the best. It's too late now, like to to <laughs> even worry about. You know what I mean? Like to worry. If you look at this team, you can't look at them to to, to worry. Like you were saying, you can't worry about what's going on around you. Uh, you just have to look at these last 21 games and say, all right, you know, we we just got to take care of our own business. I, I'm looking at the schedule. I think they can go, uh, you know, 14, 11, 15. I think they got to win 16 of the final 21 in order to really have a, have a solid chance of getting in. Because you look at Utah, San Antonio, the Clippers, each of the teams have 34 wins. Utah is at 34 and 26. Uh, the Spurs and, and Clips are sitting at 34 and 29. The one thing, though, I always do look at, especially in the NBA, just because of the home away discrepancy, uh, San Antonio is is looking at another 11 home games. Uh, the Clippers have another 12 home games. So that doesn't really, you know, it, it, they're not going to be able to catch up uh, ground there. So, uh, And the good news for the Lakers, they play the Clippers twice. And they've beaten them uh, already before this season. And I, I don't think the Clippers really match up with them too well either. Oh, yeah, those games are going to end up being huge. I mean, if, if it comes down to... They could cut that lead into like maybe 
one game leading into that last Clippers game, and it'll be those are going to be enormous games. Those are going to be playoff caliber games, and I'm excited to watch that. Hopefully, the Lakers cut you know cut the lead that playoff uh, lead close and just make those games really count, and we can kind of see some fun LeBron playoff basketball in the regular season. Okay, Alex, we're going to end it on this. I'm going to put you on the spot. I just want a yes or no answer, though. No waffling around. No, no looking up to the sky. No looking down to get the answer. Okay. Are the Lakers going to get in the playoffs? Uh, yes, I'll just say yes. Okay, that's not a very confident answer, <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to hold you to it. Uh, as always, it's always fun to uh, have you on here, man, and, and we'll do it again soon, at least before the end of the season. Yeah, man. Thanks again for having me on. That's uh, Alex Regula. He writes for us at Silver Screen and Rolled.com. You should also check him out on Twitter. Uh, lots of interesting numbers and facts on uh, on the Lakers. He's at Alex M. Regula. That's R-E-G-L-A. Follow us as well at Lakers SBN. Uh, we're tweeting, updating the website daily at SilverScreenAndRolled.com. And, of course, check out our podcast network itunes google Podcasts, spotify uh wherever you want to listen to your podcasts we are there that's it for this episode i'll check you all out next week